welcome to coding talks with myself vishnu viji today is 17th of february 2021 it's nearly one year that i started this podcast those of you who are first time listening this podcast i shall tell you a brief overview on what this podcast is all about Coding Talks is a podcast on programming and programming related topics and myself a programmer i am from tiruvananthapuram kerala state which is on the southernmost part of india i am a programmer with more than 14 years experience in it and in each episode i will be talking on some particular programming topics This podcast will be available on all leading podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast and much more. Through the past episodes, I have already covered a lot of topics related to Azure function, Azure App Insight and the DevOps technologies like Azure DevOps, the mobile development frameworks like Xamarin. few security related topics that are related and helpful for web development and much more so if you have time if you have free time to listen those episodes which uh, those are available in this podcast so feel free to listen from any of the podcast platforms you like all the opinions that i shared through this podcast are purely personal and do not represent any of the employer's view in any way in today's podcast as well as in the upcoming few podcast uh, i will be talking about react that is a framework from facebook those of you who are in web development or having some idea or interest in web development may be already aware of few different frameworks and libraries exist out there for uh, web development these are the libraries and frameworks that help oneself in becoming a better uh, web programmer or developer there are so many so many uh, um, kinds of frameworks and libraries and depending on the preferability you can choose any of them the react.js that's from facebook is on such kind of library many would call it as library some will call as a framework and the another one uh, popular framework out there is the angular which is from google angular and react are kind of the trending um libraries and framework out there so react mostly people used to call that as an library because it's the bare minimal is required for you to get started and the bare minimal uh, component that are required com- uh, not component uh, bare minimal uh, uh, library which is required for you to get started with react is the react.js and react.dom.js Uh, so this is on an area where which is confusing to many 
um, developers because many have the assumption that react uh, contains a lot of dependencies and lot of uh, npm packages so they they assume that uh, react uh, involves a lot of dependencies as well so that is in one way true but if you think about react in a bare minimal way uh, it's only the react.js and the react.dom.js is part required and with these two libraries for uh, for react you can quickly uh, start up a application so when i first started working on react i usually had a feeling that oh it's a kind of a complex set of library with a lot of dependencies and trouble to correctly get it started and i felt like uh, there needs a difficult learning curve as well but when i actually dived into the react library i feel it's much easier so in this episode i can guide you to get quick start with react.js and also helps you to get a good overview on what this library is all about so you can uh, confidently start your react js development Uh, by the end of this episode uh, you will get a quick um, good overview about what this library is all about and that is what i am trying to achieve i like to tell all listeners that uh, this podcast is focusing particularly on dotnet programmer or those who has an interest in dotnet development and i will be using the dotnet and the visual studio Uh, sometimes visual studio code and visual studio professional in this episode visual studio professional is what required so these are just like a medium to help you to get started with react especially if you are a dotnet programmer and you have some idea about the dotnet development and you are willing to learn some front end javascript fa- frameworks like angular or react i am sure that this episode will help you in understanding and get you quick start with react.js because using a tool like visual studio you can quickly spin up and uh, spin up a startup template for react and through that template you can learn quickly so that's the approach i suggest so a lot of tutorials which i have seen have started the react with uh, with by dip, installing the npm and other things but using a tool like uh, visual studio you can easily spin up a react uh, uh, application in a couple of minutes and you can understand how the uh, different uh, different files of uh, react looks like and what are the purpose of each file so that is what the uh, that is how we start and once we start understanding a, a react application which is created for us by the visual studio itself then we will dive more deep into uh, what are what customizations which we can made using that particular uh, template and then uh, how to spin up a new application so th- those all things we will be covering in the co- covering in the upcoming episodes but basically this episode is uh, focusing on uh, help you to get a quick overview about what react.js is and how to get started with it so first of all you have to understand a certain uh, set of concept so because once you understand that concept you can quickly start with react and there are various ways by which uh, you can learn react 
and uh, i want to tell uh, i mentioned that this episode is particularly this uh, series of episodes are particularly for dotnet programmer but uh, programmers from other areas or other backgrounds like java python or node development they would also certainly feel benefit but the medium or tools which uh, i used to talk mainly in this uh, series are related to dotnet and visual studio so except that uh, everything uh, remains same for react because these are just a medium uh, for the dotnet developers to get started with react uh, react so uh, other developers can also benefit from this provided if they understand the dif- uh, difference about the tools which we are using so i hope you are interested to let's uh, started uh, you may be wondering uh, how can i learn a from a podcast so the advantage of listening a podcast is that you can freely listen this kind of po- podcast easily before sleep or even before uh, some coffee or tea or uh, even while relaxing and at the same time you are in fact improving your knowledge so you don't need to focus or you need uh, don't need to focus your brain like reading a book or watching a video tutorial instead uh, for a podcast like this you can just sit back relax and listen i planning to consolidate each uh, episodes into an one hour session but sometimes that can increase a bit sometimes less depending upon the content and flow which i planning to deliver uh, along with that i recommend you to practice react code as well so practicing the react code is certainly recommended because you will actually get an experience on how the actual react code looks like so a few friends have asked me which is the best resource for learning react and the answer is it depends on your personal preference sometimes uh, a book can help you a book on that focus on react can help you because it is systematic and it starts from the basic things to uh, the higher level but similarly there are other mediums as well like an online platform like uh, react uh, like udemy there are a lot of um, online courses uh, that are focused on react.js is there so that can also help you you to get started in addition to that you can also find free lessons in youtube or other blogs as well and along with that uh, feel free to listen this podcast as well because this will i hope this will definitely help you to get an overview about the different programming topics and uh, in this episode and the upcoming series uh, that that will be related to react.js so subscribe this podcast from any of your favorite platforms as you like this will be available on all the leading podcast platforms so we are going to start understand about react react library from facebook so before understanding about react it's good to imagine how actually the web development was done a few years back so when i say a few years back you can assume it to be a 10 or 15 years back when the these libraries these kind of libraries like uh, angular or react were not there and there were only libraries like uh, the javascript or the jquery so that was uh, around in back in 2006 
when i started uh, developing web development i used a language called the asp.net so we usually create an application in then also the visual studio was the tool which i have used i usually create an application using the visual studio uh, and i select a template called asp.net i can select a language similarly like the current uh, visual studio like c sharp or vb.net and that will give a template with an initial set of pages and i can uh, run it by click on the run button and i can debug it so that means it's a kind of an html like page with an aspx extension with uh, having uh, the code in both uh, different uh, ways like the html and the uh, c sharp so the code behind uh, language is c sharp and the the main code is html and some sort of javascript also we can add there so if you want to add extra uh, javascript uh, or something typically you would add that as a .js and uh, reference that particular js file at the start of your aspx or html page so that was the similar approach also other developers like the php or python also used to follow but there the tool instead of visual studio they will use some other to- tools like the um, uh, dream viewer uh, i think the dream viewer was popular then or some kind of uh, tools like notepad they were uh, used to and different kinds of framework also exist for python there was a framework called django and for php there were different frameworks like the codeigniter joomla drupal and such were there similarly for asp.net also a few frameworks were out there but basically we used to start we used to develop using the uh, normal asp.net and the language we were used to were c sharp so if if you create an application using that kind of uh, asp.net you can see that if you open the aspx page you can see a lot of code there but uh, there were also an a uh, lot of codes that were generated by the framework which are quite hard even to understand so if you um, the flow would be like typically like this so if you have a web page and if you want to add a button or a form you typically uh, drag that from the toolbox and then double click on that particular button which will open a code editor in visual studio and you can add the particular behind code like in c sharp or vb.net depending upon how you created your template and if you want to show something dynamically to user without even uh, reloading the page then um, that was a trend then getting popular because on the initial days we used to develop the applications with uh, with the reloading the page so if the user want to show some other page they typically click on that and the page will reload but uh, as the technologies evolved and the user experience needs to improve there were demands that come up from user that they were saying that they want to sh- uh, they want to view the page without actually refreshing the page so the trend of ajax was getting popular and uh, i think during those times from the 2008 to uh, around 2010 the 
that was an era of jquery libraries and they were getting popular and uh, clients were preferring the page uh, pages with the dynamic content so that without an refresh of that page they they want to see something uh, by when they click or up, uh, when they na- navigate to another page so single page applications were also getting popular that time and the dotnet team has also come up with a lot of uh, toolkits so the aspx um, toolkit has some existing um, components like the um, uh, text box the label box buttons and such but when the ajax were getting more and more popular uh, the ajax tool kit where uh, came up so you can just track that to a web page and you can temporarily make a particular part of the aspx as a dynamic page and those were the trends they are getting popular um the one reason for getting a library like the jquery and its popularity is that uh, the developers can easily add interactivity to a static web page the there's another reason also why the clients prefer the um ajax because uh, you know back in the old days when when a user click on a page or navigate to other page that would result in a page refresh and that means the entire html page was transferred from the client to server and then back to uh, server to client vice versa and this means that even though the actual content of a page is on a much smaller area the a full page reload actually occurs and that causes an unnecessary traffic and performance issues as well because the entire html page has to be transferred which was not required actually the con- actual con- change of content is on a much smaller area and that part only has to be transferred so nowadays everyone know that we transfer the data from the web api to the front end using the json format and only the actual uh, content that needs to be replaced gets transferred but in those areas the entire html page was transferred from the server to the client and that cause a bit load from a server perspective because the user is just interested to see only the actual content rather than a full page re- reload so refreshing the page entire page was not a good choice so the popularity of ajax come up and many of the clients were interested that they want a web page with ajax so the libraries like jquery were getting more and more popular and the architecture uh, then popular was also simpler to understand typically a web page uh, website will be having two different parts like the front end part and the back end part this is the time when the ajax was getting popular so when the ajax was getting popular then there evolved a concept like the back end and the front end so the back end server api serves the content in form of either the json or xml preferably the json and the front end part uh, pa- uh, reads this particular json or xml and parses this data and present that to the user so here typically two parts involved like the front end and the back end the front end is the html page or the aspx page with some jquery or some javascript libraries and the back end where then comprised of the actual api 
which serves data from a db or store so here uh, when i explaining these things i have mentioned only about the plain javascript or a library like jquery but uh, then during the 2010 also there were a lot of other libraries exist so when you start thinking to learn react or whatever the front end uh, so when you start when you actually start thinking to learn react or whatever front end front end frameworks you like like the angular or whatever i like to mention that you should be familiar the, with the, the concept of uh, two parts of a web application like the back end and the front end because the back end part is the area which serves the data in the form of an api we usually call that as application programming interface and the other one is the front end which actually role is to present the data in some form which the end user can understand preferably in the form of a web page so here the one interesting aspect of the application interface or the api is that these apis or endpoints can serve different clients here when i use the client it means that the actual user interface which means it can be either a web page or even a mobile device or it can be a smart tv or whatever it can be so nowadays we have the same application running in different devices like uh, we can run a uh, for example take the example of spotify we can run that particular application in our mobile same time in in a uh, web browser in chrome or uh mozilla or whatever browser and that same spotify can run on a smart tv as well so how this is happening is these are all the front end parts like the mobile or web or the smart tv but it has an equally an api part which is responsible for serving the content so that that particular part or the api is actually streaming that data and in the case of web pages it will be in the form of an uh json format which will be the actual data so the api will be serving that particular data and the front end part will be responsible for parsing that particular data parsing in the sense it will be reading that particular data and making it presentable so that it can be shown to the user so this is the reason why in software development there will be a two categories teams on developing the two different areas so there are uh, there are companies where uh, the back end will be or the api development will be handled by on particular team and the front end part that the react or the javascript part will be handling by the uh, some other team so two sections are there but it's not mandatory because uh, nowadays much of the teams will be uh, working on both the front end and the back end so that may these trends may vary depending upon the organization and nature of the teams but uh, you have to understand that in web development there is a difference like the uh, two different areas like the front end and the back end so that distinction must be there if you are new to web development so that that will give you an understanding of how the react will uh, works so in react terminology we will be uh, we need an api definitely for um, Uh, for reading the content because through the api we will be actually reading the contents and that api can be developed using uh, any of the technologies you like maybe 
some companies prefer that node js some companies like the concept of asp uh, .net core web api and some may prefer some other languages like python or uh, python or um php so whatever the api it is transparent to the uh, front end for the react because the react will be only using the api in the form of an url and those particular uh, front uh, back end will be responsible for serving the content so the front end may not be aware that whatever technologies the back end is using and that's that can be anything uh, as they like but the main point here is there is an authentication between the two because the front end part when uh, that's the react part when it calls an api it should also provide the authentication details so that the back end api can verify this because this is important because otherwise uh, some other clients who are not authorized to receive that particular api details will be reading that particular api and the api no, may not be um, uh, api it's not um, good to serve the content to such an uh, client because uh, maybe that uh, has to be an anonymous uh, user which we are not intended to serve the content so then authentication is very important part in um, the uh, interaction between the front end and the back end so we will that's an advanced concept and we will come up that in the upcoming episodes just for uh, let you know about how that interaction is happening i explained that for just for the moment uh, you need you just understand that there are two areas like the front end and the back end and we will be focusing in the in the react development we will be more focusing on the front end part because uh, we assume that there will be an api behind the scenes and we will be calling that api and now let's uh, go back to the uh, history of react and we were talking about the different kinds of uh, javascript and uh, we also talking about the trends that were popular in 2010 and those times and during the 2000 uh, after the 2011 there were a massive influx of internet usage and social media sites were getting uh, very much popular so some of them are you already know like the google facebook and when the demands of web users increased because of the increased popularity of internet they revolved a need to create uh, the rich dynamic uh, complex interfaces or or can be called the front ends so just think of an interface like a facebook and if you think about the interface of a facebook you can you can understand that it consists of a smaller and smaller amount of smaller smaller components or we call we can call it widgets like the chat widget the uh, timeline widget the friend request widget and such the navigation widget the notification widget and such and you understood that there are lot of such smaller smaller widgets out there but still the a website like facebook offers you a rich smoother experience such as when you click a like button underneath your favorite image immediately uh, it has to update without any dependency to other parts because it doesn't track any interactivity with other parts and you can click on a particular image and that 
particular like will be updated beneath that image and the same time the other areas will work as uh, as usual that is if someone is chatting on right side of a facebook page it doesn't affects the other areas of timeline as you can see the content scrolling on so you can also understand that if someone send you a friend request or something uh, you can see that at the same time the notification will appear on the top as well so all these events are happening behind the scene and each particular widget or each particular area is updating on its own term so this means that there are a lot of interactions or updations that is happening even on a simple home page of facebook so that means that particular facebook has a rich complex user interface and that was the requirement for facebook because their users need such a kind of user interface so when when facebook developed this kind of website they found that the existing technologies were not suitable for rapidly developing such complex interfaces so the existing technologies out there were the mvc Uh, which is based on a model view controller pattern then there are some other uh, methods as well like the entire or the mvvm so basically what it means that in all those different kinds of front end technologies there involves a kind of a split between the uh, front end the html and the javascript and they are used to some sort of templating language to bind between this javascript and the front end so there are different kinds of front end languages out there those times and kind of a templating kind of language where you define a template and then you actually pass the data and then you bind both of those things so when Re- when the react team or the facebook team developed such a complex website like the facebook they found that the existing technologies were not suitable for developing such a kind of website so what happened is that they come up with a kind of a new library which they followed a different kind of pattern so we will be talking about what kind of pattern that particular library is using and they have used that for internal development and once it become popular and success they are uh, open sourced it and that's how react become popular out there so they first open sourced it and if you look on the some of the blogs of facebook that was written during 2013 time you can uh, google about the react development blog and if you look on the some of the blogs near to 2013 you can find the news regarding how they open sourcing it and how some of the clients are actually using that particular library and how they feel the difference the approach that facebook came up for react is a different approach than the mvc in the in the mvc or the template model where the presentation logic is separated from view or in simple terms to understand the html is separated from javascript and styling css is separated from the html page so you can if you look on much of the normal web pages you can see that there will be an html page and the css will be in some other file and that particular css will be called on the top of that web page and similarly if there is a dyna- script there for like the javascript or some script that will be called also called on the front uh, top side so this means that the files are actually separated like the javascript css are separated from the html but there was still a tight bonding happens between this so if you want to change something in html and if it involves a dynamic field you would need to change the same in javascript as well 
sorry in addition to this when you think of web page as a single page with a lot of html in it you as a programmer is responsible for updating whatever areas you want to do so that is that uh, on problem so when we think about a standalone web page there are different areas and just before we think about the facebook page which we just discussed so when we click on a particular like button underneath a image and to update on that image status uh, facebook easily updated using a component strategy but uh, if you ima- imagine if you writing that as a simple html page you have to write a lot of code behind the scenes to actually make that updation happen as well as how to reflect that updation on the front end if you want to update Uh, something on just an image and if that image is scrolling in timeline then it is difficult to identify where that particular image is and update that change so this happens for other areas as well so if you are having a chat widget out there and if you want to uh, if you want to uh, type something on that chat widget and want to update that without affecting the other areas uh, you manually have to find out what area or what particular area in html that particular widget it is and then how to update it so that means it will be difficult when multiple developers work on such a page because uh, maybe one person working on a different logic in one section of the page and other developer is working on a different section of page which are the other developer is not even aware of um so if you clearly look the problem here is that as a programmer when you think about on whole html page with a set of javascript which means uh, your web development will be painful for complex scenarios so that's the reason why facebook came up with a library called react because uh, react solved this issue by introducing the idea of component so instead of thinking about an a whole web page as a single html page with a lo- lot of html elements and tags we react intru- introduce the idea of a components where each area in the web page is a component so this means that the more specific the component the more it is suitable for reusability so if we have a uh, news web page for example think of a news web page or imagine a news live news page where lot of news are scrolling each moment if you think about that particular scrolling news that is on scrolling news come as a component you can easily work on the logic and presentation of that particular news component and make modifications without affecting other areas of the same web page so you are focus here you are focusing on the development of that particular component uh and that is in this case the news component and that particular component is responsible for displaying the data and displaying the style displaying the logic and everything and it don't have to bother about other things similarly if the same news website has a navigation bar and if you think about it as a component uh if you think about that in a component terminology you can call that as a navigation component then you or any particular member in your team can work on that particular navigation component without bothering about other components at all so you can focus entirely on that navigation component while some other uh, developer can work on a different components um 
Now, you may be wondering how they work on navigation component or how you work on a navigation component or how your co-worker may be working on a different component like the news component. Here, uh, you need to understand a bit different uh, because according to React, React terminology, a component, when we call something a component, that means it is self-contained. That means it includes the necessary HTML for presenting the data. Uh, it also includes the necessary JavaScript codes. It also includes the necessary logic on how it should display based on what data. So that component will have its own data as well. So based on that particular data, the, we can write the necessary logic so that how the actual presentation or the how the actual html will be displayed so that particular component uh, we will uh, call that particular component set its data via the props or something and based on that particular props or data that component will actually display the data that is it just returns whatever html that is intended to display so basically here we will we will be calling and uh, calling a component in a page and we will set its value through props or data and everything else will be taken care of like uh, uh, by the react so that means there if there are 100 components or if there can be components and its child components as well. That is why the one reason if we specifically uh, create a component uh, with bare minimal code in it, that means that component can be reused. For example, if you are uh, having a question and answer website and if you have an answer list component, uh, you can create that component and can reuse that in multiple areas. You can uh, you can call, create an answer component and call that it uh, repeatedly inside an answer list uh, component. Uh, so here the answer component is the parent container and the uh, inside that the child component that the answer component will be the child component and that way if you specifically create component the react team is saying that when while we creating uh, the component we have to make uh, take care of a decision that we must be creating the component with its more specific with uh, we must be creating the a more specific component so that the, we can reuse it as necessary and uh, you have to understand that when we call a component when we when we say something uh, part of a website area as a component what that means is that particular component is self-contained it includes the necessary html it includes the necessary javascript codes and it includes the necessary logic on how it should display the data and based on what data is set through the set data or the prop, that content will be displayed. So everything, data, style, JS and HTML is contained in the component. And you can reuse the component wherever you like in your web page. So you can call in React terminology, you can call instead of calling an index page which is a set of elements. We just call, a, we are actually... Um, arranging the components in a different way so that uh, it will be displayed according to the uh, user requirements. So the return from the component is also interesting. It returns the elements which includes a combination of necessary uh, HTML elements and that HTML elements will be created based on uh, 
that will be created automatically by the react based on the data or the props which we set so when you think about a component uh, you can you, you as a developer can free to forget the other areas because if a component is a kind of self contained on which includes all the necessary parts to display that particular that its associated style js logic and everything um as i already said you have to think a component a bit differently because especially if you are following older ways of web development as a developer you know that you would assume a component will include a html page uh, it will have a few scripts on top of it to call the javascript file or css so in react uh, we are using a different way we are not using an html page and we call a few scripts on top of it using a javascript file or css uh, here it's a different way in a component in react is a file with a .ts or tsx extension and inside the component you would typically see javascript with a more inclined towards react specific terminology so if you open a existing component or you can search some component in google and you can you can feel how the code looks like so if you look inside the code in the in a component you can see that it will be more looks like some sort of javascript with some react specific terminologies so you can also see a few import statements on top so that import statement is required because if your component need to display something particular from other component or some other js files uh, you need the import so just like how you import some namespaces in a dotnet you would import some data uh, from other some component or js files in the uh, react um, component in your particular component so also if you closely look the component you can see a few codes that are kind of a mix like uh, javascript and html so if you clear closely look it will looks like it contains both the javascript as well as the html so this javascript and html mix language is what is called as the jsx uh, so this jsx can be thought of as an html with a javascript mixed in curly braces so here you may be wondering why this type of javascript and html in a new language format Uh, and in react terminology that language is called jsx so this is a new syntax that the react development team came up for rapid component development so just like we discussed earlier some of the initial issues they faced with while developing a website like facebook they found that evolving a component like approach will be suitable but at the same time they also understood that a new language or a new kind of syntax is required a new kind of language that is a mix of javascript and html is required for rapid development uh because if a developer can write html code along with javascript uh, that would end up in greater productivity so the issue that they experienced while developing when using an existing template like approach of separating the html and the javascript is that both resides in separate areas but instead of residing in separate areas if 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 a developer can combine the javascript and html in a new language called jsx they f- 
felt that it would greater increase the productivity because they feel that in a web development these two should uh, remain in one place so if you re- react blogs and their videos you will get enough ideas about the react teams view that traditionally uh, we there evolved an evo- architecture pattern where the html and javascript is placed in separate files just like we see in normal web development strategies and just which i have explained earlier uh but uh in such kind of uh, strategies but we usually end up is an html page and on the top of the html page we will call some script or css which in fact creates a lot of uh, indirect dependencies we feel that they may be in separate files and there will be no dependencies but actually there is dependencies and dependencies on problem and another problem is that prevents the modularity because everything is in on html file and it's bind to another js file so that means the modularity is not there so if you think about uh, in react terms everything is a component which includes everything related that is a self contained component and it includes everything related to the presentation of that particular part uh, if it's a news a uh, new speed that includes that particular new speed if it's a chat box it includes the content of the chat box and that c- component will be focusing on that particular area only and it will have that associated uh, javascript and html and with the styling together so that means modularity is there when modularity is there developers will be able to test that particular component very easily Uh, without depending on other areas and if some developer need can work on some particular area they can work on that as well without without depending on other areas and once that is finished that particular component is finished that can be called from some other component or like that so that means uh, the uh, testing debugging and everything will speed up when this modularity approach comes up and that is one of the reason why the component style approach is uh, uh, what it increases productivity and the react development team they find that this kind of approach will be productive and they certainly felt and experienced that and they uh, and after seeing the success they massive massively open sourced it and that's how the react become uh, popular so now we have talked about the Uh, an overview about react and the different uh, kinds of issues it solve and uh, also about the uh, a new syntax called the javascript and html which is called the jsx so right now uh, you may not have an experience with the jsx so one thing i would su- like to suggest is if you can go to the browser and you can search for babel js b b a b e l js dot io and that will open a page where you can enter some sample jsx sample in the left hand side so you can easily search a sample jsx uh, from the google and uh, once you get a sample code you can paste it on that babel js website where you can see it how it is converted to react specific so that will give an idea how your react will treat that particular uh, jsx you are going to write this is important because um 
സോ വി ആർ യൂസിങ് എ ലൈബ്രറി കോൾഡ് റിയാക്ട് ആൻഡ് റിയാക്ട് ഡോം ആൻഡ് റിയാക്ട് ഡോട്ട് ജെ എസ് വിൽ ബിഹൈൻഡ് ദ സീൻ കമ്പയിൽ ദാറ്റ് ടു ദാറ്റ് പർട്ടിക്കുലർ അസോസിയേറ്റഡ് തിങ്സ് സോ ലൈബ്രറി ലൈക്ക് ബാബൽ ഈസ് റിക്വേർഡ് ഫോർ കൺവേർട്ടിങ് ദാറ്റ് പർട്ടിക്കുലർ ടു എ പർട്ടിക്കുലർ റിയാക്ട് സ്പെസിഫിക് ഫയൽ ബിക്കോസ് ഇൻ സം ഓൾഡർ ബ്രൗസേഴ്സ് ഇറ്റ് ഈസ് നോട്ട് ദാറ്റ് മേ ബി നോട്ട് കേപ്പബിൾ ഓഫ് കമ്പൈലിങ് ദാറ്റ് പർട്ടിക്കുലർ തിങ് സോ എ കൈൻഡ് ഓഫ് എ ലൈബ്രറി ലൈക്ക് ബാബൽ ഈസ് റിക്വേർഡ് ആൻഡ് um you can you can uh, you can understand how a react treats a babel code or the or a js not babel code sorry um, that's that's mis- that was my mistake uh, so it's not babel code it's like a jsx code and you can paste it on the left side of that babel js and babel js uh, interface and you can see how it is gets transfer uh, compiled or convert to react specific so that's not uh, that will give you a idea of how that come that uh, conversion is happening but uh, in react it will happen behind the scenes because everything is in place and uh, you don't need to bother about those things and the other uh, area which you need to understand before we dive more deep into react so we are going to spin up a new react page using the uh, react uh, web page using the visual studio professional you can also use a community edition of visual studio as well so the idea here is we are spinning up a sample react page which can help us to understand how how the asp.net core is wiring up a react application so that i will explain um, in the next episode which will come up soon so in this episode uh, that may be coming up in one or two days and in this episode i will be uh, guiding you to how to create a sample react application using visual studio so before that you have to keep all the things that i explained earlier and you can repeat the episode and um, feel free to listen as much time as you like and you can understand a bit about how um the react what's the role of react components and why they come up with the react components and everything sometimes when you listen first time you may not be aware of all the things so you can repeatedly listen and, and understand and now we are going to create a sample application in react using visual studio uh, particularly for dotnet developers and before that we need to understand one more thing because understanding this thing clearly helps in understanding react in a better way so in programming there are two kinds of approaches like the imperative programming and the declarative programming so imperative programming means we tell the programming program we tell the program uh, what to achieve using a clear set of steps like uh, um, so for example if we goes to shop uh, imperative means that we tell the shop owner take uh, go to that particular uh, shelf take some item and come up here build that and give to us so that is the, that's kind of step by step instructing the program is called the imperative programming and that means in a if you want to see an example in javascript that means that if you want to wire up a google uh, maps in a javascript page you know that there will be a lot of code to be written like you need to first import that particular library then you have to wind up 
all those things and then you have to instruct that to initialize it and then you have to finally call so that means there will be a lot of code involved in that that is called the imperative programming if you look on the react blocks you can often see that there is a lot of mentioning about declarative programming declarative programming so when i first see that kind of word i also feel uh, a bit uh, was not clear about what that means so imperative means that we are telling the programming what we need by explicit steps and that involves a lot of steps but in declarative programming instead of we telling the program uh, through explicit steps we instruct the program like just we want that particular element just like we goes to a uh, store and we say something we want an item and just like that is called the declarative program we just tell the program what we want instead of instead of telling uh, explicit steps so just like going to a beer shop and saying uh, give me a beer please so that means that particular uh, type of approach is called declarative programming so in we have seen just an example we have discussed just an example in javascript where we we configure the google maps using a set of instructions and everything but in the case of react it's kind of a declarative that means that we configure that as a component and when we need we just call that and we just pass that particular kind of props and everything for example if we uh, sometimes there may be libraries with the google maps and everything in place so we just import uh, we just include that in our project and after we include that if we want to use that particular component we just call that component by calling that in uh, the uh, in the tags like uh, google maps followed by one or two attributes which called the props kind of a props where we we set the latitude or longitude and then we close that particular uh, google maps component so that is enough because we are instructing the react that we want a google map component and behind the scene react will automatically take care of all the necessary things and it will return the particular google map so that's how the declarative programming works so declarating programming is much faster and that is what the um, react provides you and we will be also uh, in the coming episodes we will be also talking about a language called typescript which is a language from microsoft so typescript adds a kind of an optional static typing on top of javascript uh, that we can use during our development so this means that javascript is not static but adding a static types on top of it Uh, helps us to catch the certain problems earlier in the development process for example if we we forget to reference a variable or we accidentally uh, call a wrong type then the typescript will spot this immediately once we mistyped the variable so um, we will first create an application in visual studio and once we run that particular application uh, particular react application then we dive into deep into each of these things in the upcoming episodes so to start up a 
ആപ്ലിക്കേഷൻ ടു ക്രിയേറ്റ് എ ന്യൂ ആപ്ലിക്കേഷൻ ഇൻ വിഷ്വൽ സ്റ്റുഡിയോ ഓപ്പൺ ദ വിഷ്വൽ സ്റ്റുഡിയോ പ്രൊഫഷണൽ ഓർ കമ്മ്യൂണിറ്റി എഡീഷൻ പ്രൊഫഷൻ ദി കമ്മ്യൂണിറ്റി എഡീഷൻ ഇസ് ഫ്രീ ആൻഡ് യു ക്യാൻ ഡൗൺലോഡ് ദാറ്റ് ഫ്രം മൈക്രോസോഫ്റ്റ് വെബ്സൈറ്റ് ആൻഡ് വൺസ് യു ഡൗൺലോഡ് എയ്തർ ദി വിഷ്വൽ സ്റ്റുഡിയോ ഓർ ദി വിഷ്വൽ സ്റ്റുഡിയോ കമ്മ്യൂണിറ്റി എഡീഷൻ ഫീൽ ഫ്രീ ടു ഇൻസ്റ്റാൾ ദാറ്റ് ആൻഡ് ആഫ്റ്റർ യു ഇൻസ്റ്റാൾ എവരിത്തിങ് യു ക്യാൻ ജസ്റ്റ് ക്രിയേറ്റ് എ ന്യൂ പ്രൊജക്റ്റ് ആൻഡ് ഇൻ ദ ടെംപ്ലേറ്റ് യു ഹാവ് ടു സെലക്ട് എ എസ് പി ഡോട്ട് നെറ്റ് കോർ വെബ് ആപ്ലിക്കേഷൻ ആൻഡ് ദി ലാംഗ്വേജ് യു മസ്റ്റ് സെലക്ട് ഈസ് സി ഷാർപ്പ് ആൻഡ് ഓൺ ദ നെക്സ്റ്റ് സ്ക്രീൻ യു ക്യാൻ സി ദ ടൈപ്പ് ഓഫ് ടെംപ്ലേറ്റ് യു ക്യാൻ ചൂസ് ഇൻ ഇൻ ദയർ ദർ ആർ ലോട്ട് ഓഫ് ടെംപ്ലേറ്റ്സ് അവൈലബിൾ particularly for dotnet core web application you can select an angular you can select a react or react with redux so for this case uh, we, you have to select the react template and then click on uh, create and it will take a bit of time because uh, it will create some initial template and files and everything and it will wire up the particular uh, template and once that is done then uh, start up the particular visual studio uh, you can debug that so initial time it will take a bit of time like uh, one or two minutes and after that it, the page will open up so if you look on the page you can see that there will be a home page there will be a counter page which you can add to uh, increase the counter and then there is a fetch data page which explains the concept of ajax and everything so this page fetch data can be used to understand how a data is fetched from an api so the project which you created using the visual studio template will have a backend uh, web api as well which you can also view from the controller so that's a um, asp.net uh, web api controller and if you open that you can see the web api which returns that particular fetch data content and what is happening behind the scene is that fetch data uh, api will be called by the react application and you can look into the particular folder structure uh, of the react and can understand how it is happening so one thing i will uh, explain more about it in the next episodes so about the structure of the application and we can also see in the next episode how we can wire up a program uh, react application using typescript so in the earlier episode in the in, in this episode uh, i have just briefly touched about uh, typescript and some of the advantage it gives so it adds a kind of a static typing layer on top of javascript which means that uh, that will be certainly helpful during our development to spot the um, errors earlier in development process so if you if you miss mistype some variable or if you want to understand what type of data is passed to a particular function you can easily understand that using the typescript syntax so uh, typescript is a kind of adding static um, types on top of a non static language like the javascript and you can learn more about that in the uh, in the react website as well as in the um, microsoft website so it, that's a language created by microsoft uh, which adds a kind of static types on top of javascript so in the next episode we will see now we created a application without the typescript as the default language so you can you, you are free t- to explore how the application looks like Uh, it have two parts like the application which you created will have an api and a front end part so the front end part will be there in the 
client app folder so in the solution explorer if you explore there is a folder called the client app and that client app folder can consist of all the uh, react specific parts uh, or the front end part similarly there is a controller web api controller in that solution explorer and that will be responsible for the actual data to pass so uh, just we have created an application it will have a home page then a counter page and then a fetch data page and once more the fetch page is the one which is actually calling that web api and returning the data and the actual react code will resides inside the client data client app folder not client data client app folder and you can open that and you can see the set of folders and set of files which are created by the template for asp.net core Uh, which can help you to get an overview about how the clients look like in this episode i have talked about the jsx and everything and if you open some of the components you can understand how that jsx is uh, written and you get we will get a feel about it um, so i hope this covered everything uh, for this episode and we will come up and see in the next episode so before that uh, if you have time or uh, feel free to create a new application in visual studio it's much simpler just create a new application then uh, select uh, the template as react and that will do the trick behind the scene so this is on approach uh, for those of you who don't have a visual studio what it happens is uh, uh, what we can spin up an application is we have to install the npm that's the node node first and then uh, yeah node is a required package and required software for this and you have to install the latest version of node uh, i hope um, when installing visual studio uh, you will also install the node development as well because that will in, in, include the npm and uh, other things so that npm is required for the react application to start so if your system do, don't have an uh, node js installed make sure to install that as well um so those of you who don't have visual studio there is another way to spin up the application uh, this is applicable for non dotnet developers they can install the latest version of node and once node is installed then they can right away create a react application by using the create react app from the npm so npm space uh, uh, create react app so that will automatically create an app and once that is done then you can build that application using npm build so once that is built it will automatically and you can run the npm start which will start the application so here when we created an application using the uh, visual studio template like the one which we created earlier some of the uh, node js related like the N- uh, node js related codes are added default by the visual studio itself like the npm start and everything that is how it's happening when we run the application when we run the application behind the scene uh, that was, if you open that particular project file uh, you can understand that lots of uh, post build and pre build steps uh, post build and post deployment steps are added out there that will be responsible for uh, 
starting an application by when you click on the debug button and the entire react code resides inside the client app folder so i hope that will uh, you got an overview and we will come up in the next episode and thank you very much for listening this episode and feel free to listen uh, all the other episodes as well thank you